Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Tranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. We're located on the campus of Silver Tranch, which also happens to be the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute. Uh, both are ministries of Silver Tranch, and we also have, five miles down the road, another ministry called the Wolf River Refuge, which is located right on the Wolf River, and it's a nice uh, rustic, maybe? I don't yeah. know. I call it a diamond in the rough. It's, yeah, it's it's it, not overly rustic. I think it's, yeah. it's kind of like nice cabins. Nice cabins. That's right. And it's it's very secluded and a great place for small groups, life groups, family groups, youth groups um, to be able to come and, and really take the whole facility. That's the nice thing about that. It's a little bit smaller than our main campus of Silver Tranch, and so it gives the flexibility and the freedom for a group to come up and just share in a weekend together away from distractions, kind of like what we do at camp, but in a different location, different yeah. setting, and it's it's a beautiful place. So I encourage you to check out the wolfriverrefuge.org. Uh, we'd love to host you uh, if you have a group. Uh, feel free to, to, to reach out on the contact page, um, and uh, you'll either talk to myself or our director over there. His name is Aaron, um, and he would love to get you set up and come in and, and check out the Wolf River Refuge. You know, and if you have this fear of missing out, you are missing out if you're not over there. So you should have that fear. That's right. So go check it out, and check you'll get out. you'll get rid of the FOMO. You'll be cured. That's completely. right. Completely. And if you are saying, "Well, I've been to Silver Ranch before," you haven't been to Wolf River Refuge because there's many people that have been to camp that have discovered the Wolf River Refuge. They're like, "How have I been missing this?" See, FOMO right That's there. That's right. See, FOMO. We can cure that. And for those of you. <laughs> <laughs> That could be a problem in the past. I We're love, all done with it. I love how you try to be hip with all these words, FOMO. Yeah, and, yeah FOMO and yeah, whatever else. Whatever I, else that you do. Whatever say else at, comes at out times. of my, yeah. That's right. But yeah, the way life is. That is. But, you know, we keep, on, we keep on trying to be a place where we can, you know, come alongside of you um, to encourage you and to um, deepen your walk with Christ. Yeah. So we actually just finished up two ladies retreats. Uh, we're getting ready for a men's retreat. And then we also do father-daughter retreats. Um, in the spring, we do mother-daughter retreats. Uh, we do winter family camp. So All really, while serving the students we of try the to, Nicolet Bible Institute that's here right. on these grounds. And they spend the year with us too. And they earning do. college credit and learning how to serve. So really for all of the listeners, we have something for you. So there's no excuses of missing out. As Absolutely. Dave would say, there's no FOMO here. No FOMO here. That's right. You just come and you can participate with us. So go to the website, silverbirdtrains.org. Check us out. And um, Jason is one who works in programs. So he's he's working with a bunch of different programs here, keeping them going, and, and would love to work with you in that area. And I just sit around and do things. So I'm, I'm of the older generation, so I, I watch Jason work. <laughs> pretty much there's a phrase I, I don't know if it's your generation or, you know you're just a pretty face oh well thank you <laughs> <laughs> that, only that, joking that's better than people tell me I have a radio face so that, that's pretty good too <laughs> the best is when people ask you is that your real voice that's right that that happens more than you would think is that your real voice and I normally my response is no <laughs> <laughs> and what do it's, they do it's my fake voice <laughs> It's the only voice I have, so I have That's no funny. idea. That's funny. All right, back to back to something serious. We were talking, if you listen to our uh, podcast at all, Younger Older, and you're welcome to go back and get past programs, we were talking about characteristics of young people and 12 essential characteristics if you're in your 20s you should develop. And last time, we talked about discovering God and discovering identity and calling and character. 
the next one on the list in this article is to develop discipline. Mm. Yeah. Discipline. What is discipline anyway? Discipline, I think, is is doing things intentionally to set up a structure. Okay. You know, I think some some areas of our life we naturally do this without thinking. For example, brushing your teeth. You know, you wake up in the morning, and I would say that most people listening to the show, as you get ready, part of that process is brushing your teeth. You really? Not, that's supposed to happen in the morning? Or at nighttime or, <laughs> you know, whatever. And that's where the discipline is. You know, and so it's, it's a routine that you intentionally right. set up until it becomes a habit. But it takes discipline to do that. And the reason I say it takes discipline is because I have three young boys at home that think otherwise. Oh, I hear you. That, that don't necessarily think that they need to brush their teeth. Um, and so when, it, when, it, in our context, as we talk about developing, you know, things as a young person or even as a young adult or even as adult that will help you become successful as a Jesus follower, discipline, I think is a huge thing, uh, whether it's on, you know, the physical practicality side, you know, making sure you do healthy habits, but then there's also what we call the spiritual disciplines. And I think that's just as important. And what I mean by spiritual disciplines is, in, and I'm sure if you've been to church or youth group, you've probably heard some of these things before, like devotions, sure. spending time with God, or as we call it here at camp, summer camp, tag time, time sure. alone with God. Sure. You know, none of those things happen by themselves. And that's, that's where the discipline comes in, is that it takes intentionality. You have to be disciplined, to use the word, um, in order to create a habit. And you talk about the, all this all the time, Dave. And in fact, you have a couple of books that you wrote. Um, and the whole premise is a lot of the books are, what, 21 chapters yeah. or... Yeah, 21 pages. pages I, uh, or 21 thoughts. section, thoughts yeah. long. And, and the, the, the philosophy behind that even is, is it takes 21 days of consistency to help develop a habit. Right. And so I think as we talk about, you know, intentionality and even getting to know God more, it'll take discipline, you know, and it takes effort on our part. And that's where, even as I talk to young people, you know, oftentimes, even during the summertime, they're like, man, I just don't feel like I connect with God. And I'm like, well, do you spend time with him? Right. And it's like, well, it's like, well, it takes discipline. It just doesn't magically happen. You know, you don't just... Get to know God by going to church once a week. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's what I think we're talking about here, Dave. Yeah, you know, obviously, when as I think about it and I look at it, young people will talk to me and, and they'll say things like, you know, I, I just want to be able to know that God is with me. Yeah. And I ask them, well, are, are you seeking him? Because the Bible says if you seek him, you'll find him. Yeah. And they'll go, well, Dave, you know, I just want to, I want to feel, well, Here's what you have to do in life. You have to realize there are certain things that are really good for you, mm-hmm. and you don't have to feel like doing them. You have to 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 do them regardless of how you feel. That's yeah. what discipline really is. So, you, for example, in in my marriage, my wife and I years ago learned that we need to spend time every day together apart from the house. So we go for a walk every day. So we do that. We do three miles a day. And during that walk, there's no distractions. There's no home stuff. There's nothing. You know, there's just the two of us. And that's when we talk about things. Yeah. Not only that, walking is great for you. Yep. So here we are getting the walk, the exercise. We get to talk to each other. It's something that we really make a priority to do. Half the time, I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just sat in my chair and I don't want to get up again. Right. I, I don't want to go out in the cold. I don't want to go out in the hot, whatever it might be. So it's the discipline that takes over. But even more, when you look at the way we're made, 
we have you actually have two sides of your brain mm-hmm. and and the right side is more the um feeling side i might say if i'm going to summarize this a little bit the left side is more um your rational your your organized side okay okay so so what happens a lot of times is you have certain feelings that begin to direct you you really need to have a disciplined side to that yeah for example you might like ice cream hmm. but you don't eat five gallons of it at a time right right like because the discipline side of your mind the logic side of your mind goes not good right i mean good ice cream not good five gallons at once and and that's what has to work together yeah so is ice cream bad no but is ice cream bad if you eat five gallons at a time yes Yes. and and that what happens after a while is we train our brains i think to just listen to the right side and the feeling side over and over and over and over and over again. The left side's lame. We, we don't have that side telling us what we need to do anymore. So in life even, it's important to have, you know, we, we tend to favor one side or the other. Yeah. So it's important to have people in my life that have the other side, mm-hmm. that, that tend to lean that way a little bit. And, and to have people in my life that I can, talk to that will bring out facts to me when I'm trying to run on feelings yeah. all the time because everybody has feelings yep I mean I don't care what it is I, I had some students years ago tell me oh you know I could eat so much hamburger you couldn't make a hamburger too big for me to eat <laughs> and I thought okay you just threw the gauntlet down I am going to yep and I went and I made one pound hamburgers for these guys wow it reminds and, me of that uh I don't even know if this exists anymore, that restaurant Fuddruckers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. you could get a pounder. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big burger. It's <laughs> a huge burger. Well, these guys, oh, yeah, we can eat. So they ate it. And what they didn't know is I had another one stashed away for them. Okay. And they're looking at me, and I'm thinking, you guys said you could just do this. I want to see it. Yeah. Well, they couldn't. They, <laughs> you know what I mean? Failure. Yeah. I was trying to point out something to him. Your your feelings are fine, but there's a there's a limit to everything. The students that are in um, and Nicolay Bible Institute in my class, I will tell them at the beginning of the year, I want them to work at saying no to their feelings. Hmm. Not because their feelings are evil. Right. I just don't want them to be in control all the time. Mm-hmm. So I ask them to find something they really like eating, a candy bar or whatever it might be. I just put it somewhere. And and every day, pick it up, look at it, smell it, and put it back down and say, I'm not eating it. Right. And it, it has no value other than I want you to know that you don't have to mm-hmm. give in to what you feel. Yeah. And that's the discipline side you need to develop. And I don't care who you are, you need to develop that. Right. You know, you need exercise whether you want to or not. You need to eat right whether you want to or not. You, you need to sleep. Right. You know, a certain amount of hours, whether you want to or not. See, these are disciplined things where your brain has to take over and go, oh, I don't feel like doing that. But here's what would be right to do. And uh, you can get into Romans chapter 7 and see the Apostle Paul and the struggle he has. And you can see the two parts of the brain fighting yeah. right there. Because he says, you know, the things I want to do, I really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no! I do, I do. I no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, yes, no, 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 no. Yes, I do want to do them. <laughs> you know, what I mean, and and that's the real struggle. I think everybody has. Yeah. 
And if you don't have that struggle, my question to you is, are you a believer? Is the Spirit of God even in your life? Because the feelings in your life aren't going to go away forever. But what is yeah. it that rules you? Is it your feelings? If so, you're going to have trouble losing your temper. You're going to have trouble all kinds of ways. Because, And then you'll feel like a victim. You know, I, I can't lose weight. I can't get in shape. I can't. Why? Hmm. Because my feelings direct me. Yeah. completely i have no logic side whatsoever or i have no discipline side so and i think what makes that even harder in our current context is the culture says otherwise right you know we've all heard the phrase well if it feels good do it right and i think we're seeing i mean you just turn on the news and i think that's we're seeing the result of that mindset absolutely and even in our own lives we've we've subconsciously or consciously have embraced that mentality to where we just lie to ourselves now and just if you know it feels good Right. You know, or maybe it's at the point where we know it doesn't feel good, but we, like you said, we play the victim and we don't think we can do anything about it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I would say that it, it's, it's, don't be ashamed in any situation. You know, if there's something you want to change, and even if you can't, if you don't think you can do it yourself, that's where it, it, the community of Jesus followers is important because I think you could reach out and find a friend or maybe a, a leader or a small group person within your realm of context that you could share that with that can come alongside of you and help you. Right. You know, because there might be certain situations or maybe even addictions that you have where you're beyond being able to help yourself get out of that because mm-hmm. you've, you've believed, you believed that lie for so long and there's no shame. And, and I want you to hear this. There's no shame in getting help, you know, saying no to things or, or inviting somebody into those places in your life to say, you know what, I am at a point where I don't think I could say no to this stuff. Can you help me? Right. And so I encourage you to, if you're in that situation, don't live in that, in that shame. You know, that's shame is, is a lie from Satan. You know, guilt is a good thing that, that the Holy Spirit uses, but what you do with that guilt, it's not to shame you. Why? Because Christ has paid the price for that. Right. You know, and that the, the conviction that you have is something to do about it, you know? And so find somebody that you can invite into your life to change that if you if you don't have any discipline or if there's a certain thing in your life that you're just struggling with. Because, I mean, we're talking about everything here. There's easy things that we can probably change. Right. But you might be dealing with something harder and maybe nobody knows about it. But you right. can change that too. Yeah, and you know, the, the interesting thing is a, a young person might come and talk to me and they'll hem and haw a while and then they'll go, well, you know, after I tell you this, Dave, you're going to think, you know, that I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, try me. Yeah. And they'll tell me, you know, that, you know, they kick cats or something, you know, I, I, something that, something. They, that right. they consider terrible. Yeah. And I'll go, well, I'm not surprised. Right. And they just look at you like, what do you mean? Well, you're sinful like everybody that's ever lived. Mm-hmm. I mean, go to the Apostle Paul again in Romans 7 and see the struggle that he had. Yeah. There's always going to be a struggle there. What you want to do is is have somewhere where you can go and say, here's what the truth is. My life doesn't line up with it right now. I understand God's mercy and his grace. I'm going to go forward, and I'm going to learn how to live in the context of the way I was made. Now, that may take time. Yeah. But but as far as, you know, while you were still a sinner, while you were completely in your sin, Christ died for you. He understands who you are. You're not surprising him. And the fact that you're sinful doesn't surprise me. 
Mm-hmm. And and the fact that I'm sinful shouldn't surprise you. Yeah. So so that shouldn't be a surprise. Right. The thing you want to do is start saying, I can't allow how I feel mm-hmm. to direct my life. Right. Because I could feel like a failure. Okay, you could feel that way. Or you can feel like eating five gallons of ice cream. Or you could feel like not going to sleep when you should. Or you could feel like... And now all of a sudden, the only thing that Satan has to tug you you around with is your feelings and that's pretty easy to get a hold of so you want to balance it and and the danger of this is to go one way or the other the the danger is to say i have no feelings i only have logic yeah no god gave you feelings when you eat that bowl of ice cream it's okay to enjoy it mm-hmm. it's not okay to eat five gallons right you know There's i mean so what you want to do is you don't want to eat a a bowl of ice cream necessarily unless you're diabetic and you shouldn't be doing it in the first place i guess but you don't want to eat that and feel guilty mm-hmm. about it but the reason you might feel guilty is because you don't have any discipline in your life at all anyway yeah. so you've already eaten like eight bowls of ice cream and now you feel guilty on the ninth well yeah that's a different issue yeah and and that's why you train during times where you don't have ice cream, mm-hmm. all right? And that's a silly illustration, I know, but you train, say no to yourself. You need to be able to say, I feel like doing this, but I'm not going to do it. Right. One of the things I, I, I also ask the students to do is something I learned to do with my mom. My mom used to be notorious for saying things like, Dave, would you, you know, or maybe my brother and I were there, but who would like to take out the garbage? And we would go about our way. Right. Why? Neither of us would like to take out the garbage. Right. We answered her. Neither of us would like to. That's the wrong question, Mom. Right. The question is, would you please take out the garbage? That's what you should be saying. Why? Because you asked it in a way where, no, we don't like taking out garbage. That isn't, or do we want to clean, anyone want to clean the bathroom? No. (laughs) That's right. No, yeah, as long as you're asking, no. Yeah. Well, what I found very helpful for me as a kid, and again, I see things very black and white, but it was being able to answer her and say, I don't, I wouldn't like to do this, but I will. Now, all of a sudden, I'm acknowledging the two sides. Yeah. You know, I'm saying, are you trying to make it so I like taking out garbage? Or do you want me to like plunging a toilet? I mean, do you want me to like this stuff? Because mm-hmm. I still don't. It, I'm, I'm in my late 60s, and I still don't like this stuff. Yeah. When will I like it? Mm-hmm. But I'll do it. Yep. Okay, that's what we're talking about, those two sides. Yeah. So you discipline yourself. Enjoy the feeling that God gives you when it's done in the context of the way it should be. But understand that life isn't directed by feelings. It's directed by truth, by the Spirit of God. And, and when it's directed that way, you can enjoy the feeling. Mm-hmm. you can't enjoy the feeling when it controls you. Yeah. You can't do that. And I don't know how you teach that. You have three boys. You I know, do. I'm, I'm not sure how you teach that necessarily to them because yeah. the, I just gave you a hint on how I think it can. One of the things could be done is you, you get them to be honest about you don't have to like taking the garbage out, so take it out. Yep. And, and on the way, I can say, I don't like doing this, but I'm doing it because it needs to be done. Okay, yep. now, now they're healthy. Yeah. 
they, they don't have to pretend. This is the best thing in the world, taking this garbage out. And I think that's what my mom wanted us to do. It's like, oh, yay, <laughs> yay, we get to do the garbage. <laughs> you know, it's like, sorry, that's not happening. Yeah. You got two boys here who aren't even thinking in those terms. So, mm-hmm. you know, my dad was much more direct. Dave, take the garbage out. Oh, I got that. Yeah. That part I understand. That's right. The the like part I didn't, you know. And, and so I think for me personally, for you, for you, you think about it, if you've got kids, think about how can I train them to understand the feelings just don't rule. Right. You know, and I don't know if everybody's different, but yeah, there has to be something there where you know that the feelings don't rule, but you don't condemn the feelings because then people start trying to figure out why do I have this feeling? Mm. Right. Well. It's finding the balance. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. So. No, that's really good. And I think as we look at these, these 12 um, – essentials, you know, I think they kind of play into each other because we just talked about discipline and it plays right into the next one. I think, you know, about values, developing your values, you know, values are, are the, the things that matter most to you and what you live by. Mm -hmm. And even as we described about discipline, you know, why we do stuff, it plays into what matters most to you. And so as a Jesus follower, you know, if you're following Jesus, what, what, what does matter most to you? Mm Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, if you can't answer that question, you know, we've, we've talked about on the show about hours of influence before. And I, and I would say that if you were to just write down what you spend your time on in a week, it would probably play into what, what either consciously or subconsciously you are deciding to value. Um, and that's where you can change. All right. If I want to value something, it goes back to the discipline and it goes back to understanding who you are and why you're created and your identity in Jesus, because it all plays into then motivating you to make the changes necessary to value the things that you need, want to value and live your life for and be known by. Yeah. Do you think people lie to themselves about what they say they value? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I, that, that's a really hard one because academically, if you ask me and I'm in church on right. a Sunday and you ask me what I value, I'll say, Jesus? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Bible? Right. God? That's right. Holy Spirit. What are you asking? We learned that day one in Sunday school. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've called that the the Sunday school answer. That's right. I mean, we know that that's coming. We know the Sunday school answer is coming. Yeah. Because no matter what I ask kids when I'm in church, the answer is Jesus, God, Bible, something. And they'll go through the list. They, They haven't even heard the question. So I think it's easy for any of us to say... Here's my values. But I think you have to ask the questions that you were talking about. You know, if, if a young person goes to me and says, boy, I really, you know, I really love God. And I said, well, why don't, why don't you act like it then? Yeah. They look at me like I'm the strange one. Mm-hmm. Like, you said it. You said that's your value. Yep. I don't see it. So help me out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think, something that everybody's got to ask. Um, and the values, you got to be careful where they come from. How many values, you know, come from culture Mm. uh, and you grew up a certain way and maybe that's the only way you know right now. That's the only thing you understand. Yeah. How do you get different values? Like my dad grew up in a home where his dad was an alcoholic and, and was very nasty to the family and did things he shouldn't do. So he grew up in an environment where he saw a very poor example of what fatherhood should be. Mm. But he was a great father. So the question is, if you have examples in your life of things that don't work and aren't right, yeah, 
you're not a, a victim. So the question I would have for you is where are you going to get a different example? Yeah. Where are you going to find that? And, and are you even looking for it so that you can begin to see there are other values in life that you could actually adopt you know, mm-hmm. for your own? And that's where mentoring can come in and being involved in the church can come in. Yeah. You can go to your pastor if, if you're at a church that teaches the Bible, go and say, you know, I just need to see examples of marriages at work. I, I need to talk to people who actually love God that are older than me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I haven't seen any. Yeah. I, I don't understand what that looks like. I don't understand how to adjust my life to, to that kind of thing. And so in some respects, you don't want to turn on the media, the television, movies. You're not going to get the examples there you need. Yeah. You, you need to find people who have done things before you and done them right. Mm-hmm. If I want to learn to fish, where yep. do I go to? You know, I don't go to somebody who doesn't have a fishing license and never fished in their life. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who always goes out and says, I've never caught a fish in my life. You want me to teach you how to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, sorry. I'm going to go to somebody who actually knows how to fish. Right. Hunting, same thing. I want to go to somebody who actually knows how to hunt. If I'm going to go to somebody and ask them about how to be healthy, I'm going to go to people who look healthy <laughs> you know, and act healthy. I'm not going to, you know, there, <laughs> this is a, there are times, I'll just say in general, <laughs> where I've gone to a seminar and somebody talking about health and they look terribly unhealthy to me. Hmm. And I get up and walk out. Yeah. I do not want to be a part of that. Right. In other words, I'm looking for values that work. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what's important in life, but I, I want to know the people that know what's important in life to show me. Right, right. I mean, there's a phrase even, uh, whether it's my gender, you know, they don't need to just talk the talk. They got to walk the walk. Yeah. You know, and so if you're saying one thing, but your life isn't showing it, why would you listen to that person? Yeah. You know, and I think that's what you're getting at. And, Absolutely. and that's, that goes back to your values. You know, you could be saying one thing, but if your life isn't following up on what you're saying, yeah. then you're really not valuing that. Yeah, and most of the time, the people that you probably should spend time with, they're not advertising that they're... Yeah. They're not out there saying, my marriage is good, why don't you come spend time with me? Right. They're not saying that. You're going to have to find them. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so you do that by observing, watching. Because anytime someone ca- comes to you and says, my marriage is really great, you should come and watch it, I wouldn't go watch it. Mm. Because, you know, if somebody has a great marriage, if they're doing things the way they should, you'll know it. You don't need to have them advertise. Advertise it on a billboard. No, they don't need to do that. And and I think that's one of the interesting things in life. When I played football, d- did different things in life, I never told the coaches how good I was. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they knew. Right. Automatically. And that's something that all of us need to grab a hold of. Find somebody who is quietly doing what you think should be done, who knows the Bible, who applies it, you're watching them, and go spend time with them. Yeah. And eventually you develop a relationship with them and you become one who understands their values and and look at the Bible, obviously. Use the Bible as your your base and go from there. 
and that will will help you set your values. We have a few more. We got to finish in the next half here. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to tackle the the last six here, um, but because we're running out of time, like we usually do. But if you if you missed the the first ones previous to this show, I encourage you to head over to silverstranch.org and you can find uh, the previous episodes or re listen to this one on any podcasting media that you use. But we'll continue this conversation as we go forward, and I encourage you to just be honest with yourself. In order to really have these discussions and to really think, you have to be honest with yourself and where you're at and where you're with God. But right now we're out of time. So this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.